Welcome to Media Partners Learning Essentials Podcast, delivering engaging content on relevant workplace topics so you can become the best version of yourself at work. Hi, I have a question for you. How was your day? How was your day? How was your day? Did your work go well? Did you get it all done? Do we ever? My day? It was good. Sales was strong. My team is really working well together. And we didn't run out of anything on the menu. How was your day? It's the great conversation starter. The question we're most likely to be asked by our family and friends at the end of our workday. Now, our answer may be short or long. Simple or complicated. But have you noticed there are some things we rarely talk about? Like that guy who always stares at you in that sexual way. Can't seem to keep his eyes up here when you talk, if you know what I mean. Or the supervisor who blows off every good idea you come up with. Or the team member who criticizes you and lies about you behind your back. Or the coworker who ignores you because you're a man. Because you're a woman. Married to another man. Married to another woman. Some days, for some people, work can be a pretty dark place where respect and trust are broken. Hi. My name is Pamela. I'm delighted to bring you the audio version of Media Partners' respectful workplace film, How Was Your Day? Getting real about bias, inclusion, harassment, and bullying. Hosted by a diverse group of characters from a variety of work environments, How Was Your Day? tackles these four tough workplace topics. There are four podcasts in this series, each tackling one of these important topics and focusing on ways to create a work environment in which we all feel valued and respected. Our first module begins with a preoccupied seasoned factory employee escorting an eager young new hire, Brian, into an active warehouse for his first day of work. The warehouse is busy. There are many people on the floor and activity in every direction. To someone new to the job like Brian, it's an intimidating and confusing sight. This way, Brian. Katie, start that meeting without me. I'll be right there. Oh, sorry, Brian. I wish I could show you around, but they keep us pretty busy around here. That's all right. Let's see, um, they told you your supervisor was... Daryl, right? Uh... Yes, Daryl. She points across the busy factory floor to a group of workers who appear to be listening to a very tall man giving directions. Brian looks to where she is pointing, identifying the tall man, Daryl, as his supervisor. You'll be in good hands. He'll get you started. Good luck. Thanks. As Brian takes this in, a fast-moving forklift crosses directly in front of them. His escort is paged away, leaving Brian to make his own introduction to Daryl. Think about your first day at a new job. Often, a mix of emotions, right? Well, Brian's no exception. Left alone, he's feeling a little apprehensive as he slowly crosses the noisy warehouse floor, observing bustling activity in every direction. The forklift that crossed Brian's path a moment earlier stops. The driver exits the cab, and walking with a pronounced limp, he heads toward the tall man's group. Brian, now feeling more confident, heads toward the group as well. His supervisor finishes talking and turns to his clipboard as Brian approaches. I'm Brian. The new guy? 
Uh, I was told to report to you. Imagine the scene. Brian extends his hand to the tall man, Daryl, and it's left hanging in midair. The tall man isn't paying attention. Brian is confused and a little embarrassed until another man limps over and grasps his hand with a strong shake. Hi, Brian. I'm Daryl. Welcome to the team. You're welcome. Can you give me uh, one sec just to get these guys rolling? Brian is surprised. It takes him a moment to realize what happened, then he quickly responds. Sure, yeah, sure. Great. Okay, guys, so let's take overstock and put it on aisle. Daryl, his supervisor, is the forklift driver, a man with a disability, not the tall man giving directions as Brian assumed. Assumptions. We've all made them. That's the starting point for our first topic, unconscious bias. Let's hear what our hosts have to say about assumptions. So, here's a question that none of us like to answer, but we really need to ask. Where do your biases hide? Now, it's not a matter of whether you're biased. You are. I am too. We all all are. We all make unconscious assumptions about people every day based on nothing more than the way they look or how they speak. Having a bias isn't illegal. Acting on a bias at work can be. It's a very human thing to do. Our brain is hardwired to trust what's familiar and be suspicious of what's unfamiliar. It's a basic survival instinct that's helped keep us safe for thousands of years. We unconsciously sort things into familiar versus unfamiliar, same versus different, them versus us. Here's a test. How do you feel about people who own a handgun? Don't attend church. Vote for the other candidate. Are on welfare. Don't eat meat. Have tattoos. Don't believe in marriage. Drive an electric car. Didn't go to college. Don't speak English. Curse. Are over 60. Are disabled. Drive the speedway. Love cats. Love dogs. So what were you thinking as you heard that? Did you feel your brain sorting people into groups? Was there a little them versus us happening? It can happen unconsciously. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. If our brains are being biased unconsciously, how do we even stop it, let alone overcome it? Good question. It's not easy. But for those of you willing to do the work, there are three things you can do to get started. First, frame your bias. Admit it. Put a frame around it and own it. Looking at our bias is often the toughest thing to do. Being biased is not part of the image we have of ourselves. But until you admit that your bias is the frame you look through in every situation, you'll never move beyond it. Once you admit you're looking through a bias frame of reference in every situation, you can start to pay closer attention to the assumptions you make about others and consciously notice the conclusions you draw about them. The second step is to challenge your bias. Do your assumptions match up with reality, with your own values? Do your assumptions match up with reality? What does that mean? Well, remember when Brian observed the tall man talking to the other employees on the warehouse floor? 
he assumed the tall man was his supervisor, Daryl. In that situation, Brian was presented with evidence that challenged his view of what a supervisor should look like, tall. Should Brian change his view, or should he discount his invalid assumption as a minor exception to his worldview? When we challenge our bias, we are one step closer to changing our assumptions. Step one is frame our bias. Step two is challenge it. What about step three? The third step to overcoming unconscious bias is to set it aside. What if your bias didn't exist? How would you act then? Think of this as the blind audition step. In the 1980s, orchestras began holding blind auditions to deal with gender bias. Musicians played behind a screen that blocked them from the view of the judges. The results? The number of women in top U.S. orchestras has increased fivefold. We don't live or work behind a screen. So how can you provide a blind audition? It takes intention. What if you look through a new frame and the things you could see about a coworker were their ability, their experience, their potential? Could you respect them on those things alone? Would you listen to their ideas differently? The best news in all of this is that when each of us frame our unconscious bias, challenge it to see if it's true, and then set it aside, we all get to give each other a blind audition and, and a, a fresh, fresh start. start. We'll never rid ourselves of unconscious biases, but we can be aware of them and intentionally set them aside. Now it's time to explore our second topic, diversity and inclusion. To set up our next module, I'd like you to picture a rock band rehearsing. Where else? In a garage. The band is a diverse mix of 20-somethings. There's a vocalist on lead guitar and musicians on bass guitar, keyboard, electric guitar, drums, and percussion. They're thrashing through a song with incredible energy, throwing themselves into it. Can you visualize it? Good. Oh yes, there's one thing missing. Don't worry, there's nothing wrong with your sound. We'd like you to take a quiet moment to think about how important it is for everyone to be heard. Look at them play. They are really getting into it. But if we can't hear them, what good is all that effort? What if we only heard from half the group? The bass and the drums. They're all trying to contribute, but without everyone being heard, it's still not right. Let's add in the other half. That's better. But there's one more to be heard from. Now that's a band. It's the same at work. In our diverse world, a, a world, world of many, 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 many different, different perspectives. perspectives, your success and the success of your company depends on tapping into the ideas of a diverse workforce, all of you, to serve a diverse group of customers. 
Are you listening to all the voices and perspectives around you? Do you feel that your voice is being heard? Once we start listening to everyone and everyone feels they have a voice, something wonderful happens. We move beyond simply being a diverse organization to becoming an inclusive organization. Diversity and inclusion go together. But do you understand the difference? Let's clarify. Imagine a girls' high school basketball team or any sports team. Diversity is like making the team. You've been chosen, you've got the uniform, you're part of a group. Inclusion is like playing the game. You're out on the court, a critical part of the team, being counted on to put your skills to work. If you've ever played sports, you know that sitting on the bench and playing the game are two completely different experiences. On the organizational level, your company is committed to diversity and inclusion. But what does being more inclusive mean for you? At the individual level, inclusion really comes down to respecting others enough to listen to what they have to say and thoughtfully consider their opinions. Here are two ways you can do that. Step one, turn off your rebuttal brain and listen. Step two, ask questions. What do we mean by turn off your rebuttal brain? Well, have you ever done this? Someone is sharing an idea with you, and instead of listening, your brain is busy preparing a rebuttal, or just saying no. When someone else is sharing their ideas with you, instead of working on a defense for your viewpoint or an argument for why their idea won't work, we say, relax, turn off your rebuttal brain, and listen. Do you do that? I know I do. I'm thinking of all sorts of responses before the other person has even finished speaking. Instead, I should relax, turn off my rebuttal brain, and listen. I like that. Step two, ask questions. When you do, two things happen. You send a message that you're including that person, that you're interested in hearing their ideas. And it gives you the information you need to evaluate those ideas. In fact, there are three simple questions I could ask. We, we call it the WET, or WET test. That's because these questions will let me know if ideas will actually hold water. Ask three simple questions. How would your idea work? Could you give me an example? Can we test your idea somehow? When you turn off your rebuttal brain and ask questions, you take the first steps to creating a more inclusive environment hmm. where everyone has a voice. After all, diversity and inclusion aren't obligations. They're gifts. We all grow better as individuals and as organizations the more we move beyond our differences and biases to listen to and include everyone. Remember, we're all here to play in the game. We've talked about unconscious bias and how to embrace diversity and inclusion. Next up is Module 3, Preventing Workplace Harassment.
harassment. There is no place for any type of harassment, sexual or otherwise, in the workplace. And yet, it happens. Recently, egregious acts of sexual harassment have made headlines. Victims tell of requests for sexual favors and other sexual misconduct from people in a position to impact their job or career. Quid pro quo sexual harassment, which means this for that, is illegal under federal law, period. It's important to mention this in light of the current climate regarding sexual harassment allegations. However, this podcast does not focus on sexual harassment. Instead, it's designed to raise awareness about hostile work environment harassment. With that in mind, let me set a scene for you. Three employees, Beth, Carl, and Alan, talk to us about Shonda, a recently hired co-worker. After hearing their stories, it will be up to you to decide whether Shonda is potentially experiencing a hostile work environment. Okay, here's the problem. Shonda announced she was pregnant only two weeks after getting the job in our department. Two weeks? Yeah, Shonda's had it tough since she shared her news. I was as surprised as everyone else, but I am really happy for her. She had to know when she applied. I mean, I know she's within her rights, but there were other qualified people who applied for that job. That job was mine. I said it to her face many times. It's called freedom of speech. My kids are the best things that ever happened to me, but I just don't think she knows what she's getting into. I don't complain at work, period. But I'll have to pick up her slack if she's on family leave for, what, six weeks? A couple of months? Forever? Besides, how's she supposed to work with other reps? They're all guys. My buddies. When I see an article about working moms versus stay-at-home moms, I send it to Shonda so she can make the right decision. I've talked to them about this problem. She thinks she can be a good mom while working full-time? <laughs> not possible. It's just not right. But I'll grin and bear it like usual. So I told Shonda I completely understand if she chooses not to come back. Yeah, I've seen Shonda crying lately. My wife decided she couldn't do a good job at work and be a good mom at home. I feel bad for her, but you make your bed, you lie in it. Why would she want to be a working mom anyway? Calls she never knew about weren't returned. Appointments were mysteriously canceled. I hope I helped. <laughs> she won't be back. I have no evidence. I'm sure of it. But I can guess who's behind it all. So, what do you think? Is Shonda being harassed by Alan, Beth, or Carl? While you're thinking about it, our hosts are going to define hostile work environment harassment. Hostile work environment harassment is a pattern of behaviors that are so pervasive and offensive that a person has trouble doing their job. Not all harassment is calculated and purposeful. Sometimes the person does not intend to offend, but it's the impact that matters, not the intention. Not all offensive comments or behaviors are harassment, but they are still inappropriate and do not belong in the workplace. It's important to add that courts define harassment in terms of protected classes. It's against federal law to discriminate or harass based on age, disability, national origin, 
race, religion, and sex, including pregnancy. In addition, many but not all states have expanded or added additional protections, such as political affiliation, veteran status, and sexual orientation. With that in mind, let's get back to our hosts and your thoughts about Alan, Beth, and Carl. What about Carl? He clearly resents the fact that Shonda got the job he felt was his. But is there evidence of potential harassment? That job was mine. I said it to her face many times. It's called freedom of speech. Besides, how's she supposed to work with other reps? They're all guys, my buddies. She won't be back. I'm sure of it. It seems clear that Carl is undermining Shonda's ability to do her job. His words suggest a pattern of harassing behaviors, and he's likely behind the missing reports and canceled appointments. So, if you said yes for Carl, you're right. This could be potential harassment. Now how about Beth? She had to know when she applied. I mean, I know she's within her rights, but... I don't complain at work, period. But I'll have to pick up her slack while she's on family. You make your bed, you lie in it. Beth also resents Shonda. But Beth didn't say or do anything to Shonda that is inappropriate or offensive. Her thoughts were at times unkind, but thinking is not harassment. So let's put Beth in the no column. That leaves us with Alan, the most sympathetic to Shonda's situation. Is there evidence of potential harassment? When I see an article about working moms versus stay-at-home moms, I send it to Shonda. So I told Shonda I completely understand if she chooses not to come back. My wife decided she couldn't do a good job at work and be a good mom. Why at home. would she want to be a working mom anyway? Alan has no intention of hurting or harassing Shonda, but he has repeatedly made negative comments about working moms. Is it enough to create a hostile work environment for Shonda? This one's tricky. So if you're unsure, you're in good company. While there is a pattern and the comments could be offensive, it's unlikely that they are pervasive enough to make it difficult for Shonda to perform her job. On the other hand, they are inappropriate, potentially offensive, and could eventually create a hostile work environment for Shonda. So we're putting Alan in the maybe column. Most of us, on most days, try our best to be kind. We do our jobs, care about our coworkers, and try to be helpful. But we all have off days. Sometimes we offend when we don't mean to. Maybe we invade someone's personal space, or we inadvertently say or do something that's inappropriate or offensive. So how do we steer clear of inappropriate behaviors or situations that could become hostile work environment harassment? Our best advice is to filter what you say and do. Most of us instinctively filter what we say and do, adjusting our behavior to each situation. For instance, when you're a guest in someone's home, you put on a guest filter, adjusting your behavior. Well, perhaps not everyone. The guest filter also works in the workplace. You can't go wrong if you keep your words and actions respectful and inclusive. Being respectful becomes a habit and everyone benefits. So let's recap. With regard to hostile work environment harassment, it's not the intention that matters, it's the impact. 
Inappropriate conduct and harassment can be prevented if we all treat one another with respect and dignity. Apply the guest filter by adjusting what you say and do. And if you ever feel harassed, talk to your manager or human resources. Now, let's explore our final topic. Here's a question. Have you ever been bullied? Or have you ever seen someone be bullied? If you answered yes to either of those questions, you're not alone. In a recent survey, 72% of employees say they were aware of bullying in their workplace. Bullies have been around for generations. The schoolyards and workplaces may change, but their tactics don't. Some of their favorite tools are aggression, intimidation, criticism, and humiliation, which you'll hear in the next scene. Imagine the loading dock area of a busy warehouse. Dwayne and a few of his co-worker buddies are having a good laugh as they enter the area. Then, Dwayne notices Rylan, his most recent victim, sitting at a work computer. <laughs> Dwayne cannot resist the opportunity in front of him. So, with his buddies in tow, he saunters over to Rylan. Hey, Rylan. <laughs> ask these guys what you asked me. I'm just trying to get caught up. Oh, come on, Rylan. It's funnier when you say it. <laughs> Another one of his brilliant insights. <laughs> this genius comes up to me just as we're getting ready to unload, and he says, why do you unload the trailers from the back? <laughs> and I'm like, because that's where the doors are. And he's like, yeah, but why the back? Like, he has a better idea. <laughs> hey, Rylan, we're going to change your name to why, 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 It doesn't matter your age or your gender. Bullying hurts. Victims can be male or female. Bullies can be co-workers or bosses. And it's not just men who are bullies. Female bullies are on the rise, and they typically bully in more subtle ways. Common tactics include undermining and rumors. Although both men and women bullies may exercise any tactics of power and control. In our next scene, Kathy, an ER nurse, is sitting in the hospital cafeteria with her co-worker, Helen. Helen notices Kathy intently staring across the room at Sarah, a recently hired ER nurse, who is eating lunch with a hospital administrator. Kathy seems irritated and turns to whisper something to Helen. Just look at her sucking up. Did you hear she volunteered for Margaret's new committee? What does she know about how we do things? She's been here for what, like five minutes? Well, maybe she can give us a fresh perspective. Are you kidding me? It's not about being heard. She'll do whatever she can to be seen. What do you mean? Sarah is finished with her lunch meeting and heads toward the cafeteria exit. She passes Kathy and Helen on her way, and Kathy stops her. Sarah? Oh, we missed you at our team huddle this morning. Something else come up? This morning? I thought we were meeting on Friday morning. We switched it. This morning was better for everyone. Well, I certainly would have been there if someone had told me about the change. What are you implying? Nothing. 
Forget about it. As Sarah leaves the cafeteria, an offended Kathy turns to Helen. I certainly will not forget about it. Helen, not sure of what to say, says nothing. Bullying is an issue that can only be dealt with if it's brought out of the shadows and exposed for what it is. Abusive, disrespectful behavior. Like they say, sunlight is the best disinfectant. So if you're bullied, say something. When bullying shows up, speak up. Now, we know that's easier said than done. It takes courage. So here are a couple of tips to help you. Number one, when you speak up, don't engage emotionally with a bully. Keep it calm and keep it clear. Number two, document everything. Dwayne? <laughs> yes, Wylan? I don't like the way you've been treating me. Ooh. I want you to stop. Well, how have I been treating you, Wylan? <laughs> I've written it all down. When, where, what you said, what you did, and who else was around. If you don't stop, I'm taking it to HR. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your human resources department is there to help. If your bully won't stop, bring clear documentation to HR and leave it to them. When, where, what happened, and who witnessed it. Bullies love an audience. To them, bystanders are a powerful fuel or a powerful deterrent. Which do you want to be? What are you implying? Nothing. Forget about it. I certainly will not forget about it. It takes courage to stand up. But when bystanders speak out against bad behavior, they become upstanders. Kathy, and bullies lose their power. I think the way that you're treating Sarah is hurting the whole team. It doesn't matter if she's new or on a committee or just working the floor. I think that you should show her the same respect that you show everybody else and just get on with the job. Employers pay a steep price for bullying, but the highest cost is personal for all of us. A bullying environment stresses all employees, not just the target, and increases the rate of physical and emotional illnesses. Dozens of states have introduced legislation to make bullying a clear violation of workplace law, and your company probably has a policy against it as well. But what can each one of us do? Our hosts offer some thoughts. It's not always easy to do, but when bullying shows up, speak up. Standing up to bullying. Bullying is an issue that can only be dealt with if it's brought out of the shadows. If you're bullied or you see someone who is, say something. When you do, don't engage emotionally. Keep it calm and keep it clear. Remember to document everything. When, where, what, and who. And if you witness bullying, be an upstander, not a bystander. It takes courage to stand up to bullying, but it's worth it. Well, that's it. We hope you gain some insight on what you can do to overcome unconscious bias, 
embrace diversity and inclusion, prevent workplace harassment, and stand up to bullying. For information on how to obtain our How Was Your Day Employee Handbook, Practical Answers to Tough Questions, go to www.mediapartners.com. The handbook is available in print and e-publication formats. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Media Partners is the leading provider of original high-quality training films and learning content. With captivating content that engages employees, you can raise awareness and change behavior. For more information about other Media Partners programs, please go to www.mediapartners.com.